Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss season four, episode 16 of Charmed. The fifth Hallowell wheel. Hallowell. Oh, I said that wrong. Let me say that again. Don't edit this out, but let me say that again. Okay. The fifth Hallowell. Eh, it's wordplay, kind of. You know, it was right in my head. It's just, <laughs> yeah. it came out wrong. Yeah. Otherwise known as, why is everybody being so bitchy to Paige? I mean, isn't this, why is everybody being so bitchy to Paige part two? <laughs> the sisters have been really rough on Paige the last couple of episodes. Like, Phoebe was basically tearing her to shreds whenever she did anything last episode. She really was. Oh my god. And also, it's just like, excuse me for having a couple of questions about my demon brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because Cole's been mega suspicious recently. Like, yeah, there's... Although I do have to say Mm -hmm. that one particular thing I disagree with Paige about in this episode. What what is that? Okay, I'm just gonna say it now. Okay. Okay, so Cole is a demon, of course, right? So he lies and says he got a corporate attorney job. And that's how he's explaining how all of a sudden he has money and like connections and shit when in fact the reason he has all this is because he's actually possessed by the source of all evil Mm. (laughs) fill in what's the difference joke here right i was just thinking so the source has like a bank account or something that cole is withdrawing money from We, we literally had an episode about that remember it was the jury episode about how evil has like yeah yeah but but there's there's a bank account out there that's just like brian t source of all evil that Cole can go up to and withdraw money from. The half-beard, burned, tattooed guy. Yeah. He 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 would go up to a human bank and be like, this is my ATM card. Sometimes I have giant angel wings and huge claws, but, you know, then they lost the costume. Like, Well, actually, assume that there's, like, an evil ink CFO who goes and withdraws for Cole on Cole's behalf. I bet that's, like, an intern demon job. <laughs> like, you have one of the, like lower upper level demons whose job is to just be like i'm sorry boss i couldn't get the crystal or whatever a witch was protecting it and then get blown up by whoever it is that week there has to be like a specific guy who does that for the source who just is yeah. the yeah 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 okay I'm, I'm envisioning now that it was somebody who was that level of demon who was like instead of being the guy who gets the crystals that witches are guarding and inevitably fails and gets blown up I'm just going to be the guy in charge of human money because as a demon, I actually have the advantage and it's really easy for me to acquire human money. Mm. Just blow up a bunch of humans and take <laughs> it out of their pockets. And do it somewhere that's not San Francisco. Like, come on. Yeah, and that's how this guy just stays under the radar and doesn't get blown up. He's like evil CFO. Okay. I, I, I'm honestly a little disappointed. I mean, I, I'm disappointed that they never did a Lower Decks-style episode of Charmed. I know this isn't the thing at the time, but just, like, something about a bunch of lower-level demons, and then there's, like, some lower-level witches, and we just follow them for an episode until they both get killed. Like, the witches get killed by the lower-level demons, and then the lower-level demons get killed by the Charmed ones who show up in the last five minutes, just, you know. That would have been an amazing episode. Yes. And, and I would have wanted it to include the bookkeeper of all evil who survives because all he does is get money. Remember when we were talking about, like, I forget, it was like the demon of 
chaos or the demon of fear or the demon of something's girlfriend we're talking about how is that a title in the underworld or is like he just dating some grad student named megan who isn't old enough to know better yet and like she goes to all the demon parties and he's like hey you all you've met my new girlfriend megan and everyone's like oh god she's like 23 okay wait wait we're not even in the first frame of the episode and we're already off track because i'm telling you so cole comes and he's like hey i have a corporate attorney job now and Paige is like, really? Because you couldn't even make it one day at legal aid. And Paige, those things are not mutually exclusive. You couldn't deal with the pressure and like, I'll be honest, kind of like trauma of legal aid. But you're able to go into what's essentially a cushy job at a white shoe firm where you like shuffle paper for rich people. Like, yeah, Paige. He was. Also, I'm assuming the pay scale in those two jobs is quite different as well. Also, the reason he couldn't last one day at legal aid is because he had to deal with a guy who was like a child abuser and he couldn't stand it and punched him in the face. That's like literally not going to come up at his corporate job. Like this is when I was, this is when I, okay, when I was first out of law school and I was applying for law jobs, there was a, one of the jobs I applied for was at a criminal defense firm. And when I went in for the interview, the guy, like, just casually, kind of as we were ending the interview, was, like, almost like he was talking to himself because he was sitting at his desk, started reading down the docket of what he had coming up. And I could tell that he was doing that to, like, gauge my reaction and know if I could d- deal with criminal defense. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that he was going to have to get up and defend in the next couple of months. Yeah. I don't know what my face betrayed, but I did not get the job. But I also do believe, I do believe that everybody's entitled to zealous defense representation. So it's probably good I didn't get the job because, I don't know, or maybe there was just somebody better. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, yeah, Paige, those are totally different jobs. Of course he can do one and not the other. That's not mutually exclusive. Okay, so I feel like we should actually get into it, which is is roughly what we're doing. The episode opens at P3 for once, which seems odd to me. I feel like we don't usually open at P3. I think we usually, like, end at P3. Yeah, yeah, it's where we do the wrap-ups, but... Yeah, it opens at P3 with the sisters and their husbands and Paige, and everyone except Paige is like, man, you know what's awesome? Being married. Man, if I wasn't married, I don't even know what I would do. I would just hate everything. If I didn't have a man to come home to, I'd probably throw myself into a volcano. Uh, 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 Paige... Okay, also, I just want to throw this out there. Piper is mad at Cole and Phoebe, like, making out. Because it's it's Piper and Leo's anniversary, and no one can make out on Piper and Leo's anniversary. Like, they just got married, Piper! Of course they're still going at it. I'm, I mean, I know, because the whole thing was weirdly rushed, even though it's been a lot of the plot this season. But the Phoebe... Cole wedding being so close to Piper and Leo's wedding feels like it should have been a bone of contention between those two. Oh, right? But that wedding came together so fast. It's weird. Anyway, Paige is like, okay, I'm gonna go. And they're like, no, don't go. You have to stay. And she's like, all right, I guess I'll just stay here and watch you all make out. Which she actually says. Yeah. I love Paige. Paige. You know what? As we do this rewatch, I'm realizing Paige is my fucking favorite. And the thing is, she says that, and then they all immediately go back to making out. Like, clearly that was a hint that you should engage with her, but no. And I want to point out, three of the people involved in these makeouts are in no way the source of all evil. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say no way, but... (laughs) 
So speaking of the source of all evil, Cole gives an anniversary present to Piper and Leo, and it is a honeymoon in Hawaii because they didn't actually get a honeymoon. And it's funny because Paige is like, that sounds really expensive. And he's like, well, I just got him a hotel room and like restaurant reservations because they can orb there. Yeah. Which, remember when that was a huge deal? And like Piper was committing fraud to get a passport for Leo because she was all like, I want to be a human. Yeah. Yeah. That w- Wait, didn't they go on their honeymoon at the end of that episode when Piper was like, we can just orb to France. It's fine. Yeah, they did. I mean, it got cut off. Did it get cut off? I assume it got cut off by demons. No, that was like an end of the episode thing. Like, she learned her lesson or something. And also, she's like, I can't get on an airplane now that I'm exploding things with my hands. Right, right, right. But whatever, it's fine. You can go on a a vacation for your uh, one-year anniversary. Yeah, of course. Of course you can. Especially if you're, like, a witch, you can orb wherever you want to go. Yeah. I... If I could orb wherever I wanted to go, I would be on so many vacations all the time. Yeah, like you got a free hour, just orb to a nice beach somewhere. I know. I was thinking like if I have a free hour and I have the ability to orb, I'm going to like be on a balcony in Sorrento, like sipping a limoncello and just staring out at the sea. I would spend a ton of time in the Louvre, like constantly. And I wouldn't pay. I'm sorry. Like... That's your, that's, that's your takeaway here is if you could orb, you would steal admission to museums. That's so nerdy. I love it. Well, I mean, oh, okay. God, we need to actually talk about this episode. <laughs> okay, so Cole is called down to hell by the seer. And he's... Well, no, no. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. He He's explaining, you know, the trip to, you know, Piper and Leo. You know, I got you a hotel and a restaurant, but you'll have to orb. And Paige is like, no, still, seriously, how can you afford that? And he's like, hey shut up he like he sees this here and he's like i don't really have time to finish this conversation it's a surprise i'll tell you tomorrow bye and he just books it over to the seer i mean she's being really unsubtle but i appreciate but i guess she foresaw that she wouldn't be seen i just she's standing in the middle of the dance floor in her like red overdress thing with all I these love like her dress yeah it's great it's a great outfit i love her outfit so much it looks comfortable too it's like, weird how she only has one outfit that she wears like a cartoon character yeah well you said her aesthetic is evil guidance counselor which it does yeah 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 but i just love there are all these sexy gyrating people in leather all around her and she's just standing in the middle of the dance floor death glaring cole Yes. All right. So Cole goes down and she lets him know that the reason she, the reason she has called him here is because with like moon cycles and shit, tonight is the night that he can impregnate Phoebe with his demon baby. And she won't like explode from the pure evil of it all. Well, tonight's the night that it's supposed to happen, but actually she has a special tonic that, that Cole needs to give to Phoebe that will make her not explode with the demon baby of it. And actually, okay. Not to get all, like, not to have a long, complicated conversation about what kind of semen is shooting out of Cole's penis. <laughs> okay. But based on what the seer says, I don't think it will harm Phoebe. I just think that without the tonic that the seer gives him, she won't be able to become impregnated with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's so much stuff that's going into, like, they had to get married in the right way. They have to have sex in the, I mean. On the right day. Couldn't they just wait until this time next year? I mean. Can't they just wait until this time next month? She says it's just something to do with the moon cycle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, it just. 
Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The point is, he she has a special tonic that Cole's going to put in some chocolate for Phoebe that will make her... Super horny and super fertile. There's a serious consent issue with the super horny thing. Mm. Like, Cole's an attractive dude. You don't need that. Well, I mean, we already saw... She was like, eating his face last scene. Yeah, like, before she ate the chocolate, she was she was basically humping him in the middle of P3. So the fact that the writers... Fuck you, Brad Kern. The fact that Brad Kern needed to put this in here and just... Uh, whatever. Whatever. Oh, but then we wouldn't get the super hilarious scene where Piper is having sex with Leo under the influence of magic chocolates while on the phone with her sister. Hey, spoilers. Uh... I guess they did need to put it in there because it was the early 2000s and nobody understood consent in the year 2001. See a lot of episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, weirdly enough. I mean, it's just all over the place. It really, really is. Or, hey, uh, bewitched, bewildered, and bothered from... At least that's about that. Yeah. At least that's about how love spells are very, very non-consensual. Well, I mean, if the only way you can be like, you shouldn't essentially date rape people is by having the spell backfire to the degree that horny women are tearing you apart i feel like you're losing the message i always felt like the message of that episode of buffy bewitched bothered and bewildered the episode where xander casts a spell to make cordelia fall in love with him but because he's a fucking idiot he messes it up and i don't I hate Xander so much. Anyway, he messes it up and everyone except Cordelia falls in love with him. And then he's almost torn apart as though by Maynads. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you don't respect consent, you will be torn apart as though by Maynads is a great message. I wish it was true. I feel like it lands a lot better in the episode in season six where they where with the, the with the letter in the jacket. No, no, that's in season seven. And where the trio build the mind control chip that they use on Warren's ex-girlfriend and it breaks and she points out that what they're doing to her is rape. Yeah, I okay, you're right that the message l- <laughs> lands better. Than- sorry, I'm I'm sorry. We're just we're welcome to welcome to the hellmouth again over here. Yeah. Um no, okay. I, I think we all know what this is at this point. <laughs> yes, it lands better in that episode, but also that's not like a magic spell that has that contains questionable consent, like the horny chocolates that we're talking about here. That's literally assault. That's literally sexual assault. Like it, it's not a metaphor for sexual assault. Mm. I I just if you have to if you have to have your villains go so far into evil before you're like oh this thing is actually evil then i don't know if your show really understands consent i guess is what i'm saying and i mean are we surprised okay there's a whole thing to get into with buffy the vampire slayer and that but i mean just the commonness of the trope with love potions Mm -hmm. where it's just a casual thing like there's children's media that centers around love potions as a thing the main characters just accept at face value. And no one's like, hey, that's actually really, 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 really fucked up. Mm-hmm. It is. But... You know where I think it's okay? Where? Midsummer Night's Dream? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because that- cause the fairies aren't humans, so a fairy casting a, a love spell is basically just nature. It's basically just you as a person experiencing hormones. Mm. It, in my opinion. 
also like it all works out fine like <laughs> okay it, wait that, that sounds like a dangerous precedent <laughs> well <laughs> like you said it's it's fairies it's not like anyone actually has any real i, I guess that's the thing with the metaphor of love potions like it's not really something that could exist Mm-hmm. <sighs> well i mean what i meant is that no one actually ends up with the person that they were hypnotized into loving right because it's it's about like why doing that creates chaos because the fairies shouldn't have done that yeah yeah Where, and and to me like midsummer night's dream is all about how like getting horny causes chaos because the fairies are just nature right it's not all about bottom for you I mean, I'm aware that that's the name of the character who gets transformed into a donkey, but also considering the context of this conversation. Anyway, so we go to credits then, and when we come back, the girls are all in the bathroom getting ready for their days. Okay, this is so weirdly shot. Well, not just weirdly shot, weirdly soundtracked. Like, when we were watching it, you were, like, pausing... You were pausing it to make sure that the music that we were hearing wasn't coming from somewhere else because it's so poorly mixed. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the original song or a fill-in song. I guess I could have looked it up. I didn't. Um, (laughs) I feel like it would make more sense if it was a fill-in song, but it really changes the tone that you can barely hear any of the dialogue. And and it doesn't sound like it fits the scene either. It literally does sound like you have another window open that's playing a song. Also, I know it's not one of our more consistent segments, but you you know you have at least two bathrooms in this house, right? <laughs> I think we have. I think I think how many bathrooms are in the Hallowell Manor is a pretty consistent uh, running discussion with us. But we know the answer is more than one. You all did not need to be in the same. Although I guess it's like a socializing activity. It's yeah, like, they're all putting on their makeup together. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a sisterly bonding thing, I guess I would not recognize because I don't have a sister and don't put on makeup. That's why the conceit of so many TikTok videos now are like get ready with me videos where a person is like chatting while they're putting on their makeup because it's totally it's totally like a thing that hu- it's like a, it's grooming, right? It's like literally grooming like like yeah yeah like cleaning yourself up kind of grooming yeah it's it's literally like what what humans have done to bond since humans existed okay i don't want to go off on a whole nother thing but I'm gonna what just, i'm just going to touch on this very briefly i feel like a lot of the appeal of tiktok is emulating social stuff that we just don't have enough access to anymore like just maybe it's just because i'm really only familiar with tech talk through the few videos you've shown me and some youtube people talking about it mm-hmm. but it really feels like it's just it's like role play scenarios you can plunk yourself down into oh my god it's what the wife was doing in fahrenheit 451 or whatever yeah it is like yeah it, it is it's literally just a story you can pretend you're a part of okay i do have to tell you that that's just a tiny part of TikTok. Okay. And, and actually, PO, it, it's PO, not all your vampire dad is stepping on you or whatever. POV videos aren't actually very, like, they're not on trend anymore, so. Okay. Well, A, good. <laughs> but I do not understand the appeal of TikTok, which I know if I, maybe if I sat down and watched it, I would. I, I'm aware that I'm very behind on what technology is, but, like, I don't know. It weirds me out. It weirds me out thinking of a, a platform where you need video as a medium to communicate with other people. I like TikTok. I know you like TikTok. 
Anyway, Cole shows up. He's With got a fancy new car. He's got a fancy company car. It's a Porsche. Or Porsche, if you're not pretentious. Actually, I don't know. Is Porsche how it's actually supposed to be pronounced? I don't. Literally, my my entire understanding of which is correct is the quote from American Dad. The some people say Porsche. Some people say Porsche. I say Porsche takes longer. More chance of someone overhearing me talk about my Porsche. <laughs> yeah, so Cole's like, I got a new company car, and also I got a job at a high-powered law firm, and that's why I suddenly have all this money. Don't think about it too hard. I love that Paige doesn't believe him, and she's grilling him. She's like, what firm? And he asks her, he's like, you know a lot, you know, a lot of big legal firms in town? And, okay, now I'm like, Cole, yes, of course she does. She... She's a social worker. Of course she knows lots of legal firms in town. Yeah. Everyone's being an ass in this episode. At least he's the source of all evil. Anyway, also, I know we talked at length about the consent issues with the chocolate. Mm -hmm. But what we did not talk about is how delicious they look. Oh my god, I want one of those chocolates. I feel like like this is sparking a, a, a dormant memory for me of like... Some sort of artisanal chocolate that I had when I was in my 20s. Because I'm looking at them and I'm just like, those look delicious. You know who doesn't think they look delicious? Phoebe. I mean, Girl! Just, I, there is no way I would not be able to eat one of those chocolates. But she's like, oh no, I'm not hungry. I just brushed my teeth. F- fuck you, bitch. Eat a chocolate. Also, also, I really love how like a, a 12-year-old boy, Leo, is about the car. He's like, oh boy, a Porsche. Can I see it? Can I drive it? Can I touch it? Ooh. It's so red. It's like, oh my god, Leo, they're calm really, down. They're really trying to make Leo like a guy's guy with Cole, where he like... Well, they missed the mark. He comes off like a little kid. I mean, Leo spends a lot of time mooning over Cole the past few episodes. And earlier, too. Remember when he... Uh, in the episode where the source trapped Piper in the like mental delusion thing... And, like, Cole ended up severely injuring the source by just throwing a ton of energy balls at him. Uh-huh. And Leo was, like, his cheerleader in a really weird way during that whole thing. Leo, like, totally has a guy crush on Cole. That's why Leo is being so mean to, to Paige about all of this. I, it's, it's weird. It reminds me of, it reminds me of that episode of Friends where the other guy, when, when Monica is dating Richard. Richard. Yeah. yeah. Richard, who's played by Tom Selleck, and the other guys are just like, oh, he's so cool! He's so cool! And they just, like, want his approval as, like, a father figure. Yeah. It, the whole thing ends up being ruined by him when one of them accidentally calls him dad. <laughs> Does Leo want Cole's approval as a father figure? Oh, that would be really sad. Although I guess or Cole it, is technically older than Leo, right? Or has it just been that it's been so long without him having male friends? Oh, I think it's... Honestly, I think it could be friends, period, but no, I, I feel like this is very specifically a, a male friendship thing for Leo. Wow, now I'm thinking about white lighters and how because they're dead people who just have to go around protecting witches, like, they don't actually get to interact with anyone except their charges. And, I mean, imagine imagine if you only could interact with the people you worked with. I mean... Leo's best friend was Natalie, and she's been dead for, like, a season now. We met her once, and the Charmed Ones got her killed. So, like, this is my best friend Natalie. I knew her from back when I was a human. Whoops, dead. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm feeling bad for White Lighters. I really am. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
their bosses are the elders. It's like the worst job in the universe. It really is. Ugh. So while Leo is salivating over this car, Piper and Phoebe go to a lingerie store to buy lingerie for, I guess, well, they're theoretically there for Piper, but Phoebe's like, hey, I just got married too. I need new sexy underwear. Does this sexy underwear look sexy on me? And Piper's like, okay, calm down. So do do you know what, do you know what a trousseau is? No. Wait, isn't that like, like. Trousseau parties are where you buy underwear for women who are about to be married, right? Yes, and it's mostly a thing that happens in the South. But mm. I was living in Alabama when I got married the first time. Mm. And literally, every single piece of sexy underwear I own is because I got it at that party. I've never bought sexy underwear on my own other than getting it at that party. I mean, unless you count my Wonder Woman sleep set as sexy. Yeah, yeah I would. But yeah, uh, because of the way that they got married so fast, neither of them had this. So they don't have, like, sexy lingerie to wear. Oh, yeah. Phoebe Hallowell does not own any sexy underwear. <laughs> okay, the thing is, lingerie is different than sexy underwear. Okay. Because sexy underwear... You use under your clothes and stuff on day-to-day stuff. Right. There's, like, literally no reason to put on lingerie unless it's going to be like a sex night because it's not like you put it on under your clothes it's not like a slip that you wear under your clothes right and then you don't normally sleep in it because i wouldn't imagine it's super comfortable yeah so honeymoon sex is really like unless you do you know unless you have an interesting sex life honeymoon sex is basically the only interesting sex you're gonna have so this is really the only time for phoebe to buy sexy lingerie which is why maybe she shouldn't spend what piper says is like three months rent buying this particular this particular silky purple gown that she comes out wearing okay okay so a woman gets mad because her husband is like cartoon wolving out over phoebe okay what is with that guy yeah like you're aware of your surroundings right you remember (laughs) like Alyssa milano is a very attractive woman but like come on dude I mean, that's rude to your girlfriend, and that's rude to Phoebe. Like, what's wrong with you? Speaking of rude, Phoebe's like, well, I have to get a job now that I'm married. And Piper's like, why? Cole's making a ton of money. And she's like, well, I just, I don't want to be one of those women who just relies on her husband for money. And Piper's like, oh, okay, so you were okay being, you know, one of those women who relies on her sister for money. But, but husband no no you're not helping me out at any point when i'm paying for literally everything with my club money i agree with phoebe husbands come and go sisters are forever so you can (laughs) yeah so you don't want to be relying on a husband i mean i I guess it just it feels like kind of an f you to piper right Like, it wasn't worth getting a job until I was going to be a burden on someone who's not you. (laughs) I guess. I guess. All right. So, while they're in the lingerie store, they see a woman standing in the middle of the street about to get hit by a car. Okay. God, I love the casual way Piper freezes. The way she, like, kind of conceals her hands as she freezes the scene. Yeah, she just kind of flips them up, like, casually to freeze everything so that Phoebe can go push the woman out of the way and then they can unfreeze so that it looks like... It was just superhumanly fast. Also, when they run out of the store to save this woman, we see that sign on the outside of the store. The store is just called Intimates. Really broke the creativity bank on that one, huh? I mean, maybe part of the sign is like off camera and I can't see it, but it appears to just be called Intimates. Oh, Intimate, Intimate, 
No, I, I, I can't. If it's intimate, I can't. Because it was like intimate apparel, which no, no, is could, also not sexy. It but. could be like Caroline's intimates. I guess. Like a knockoff Victoria's Secret. Bev's intimates. Bev? <laughs> My mother died while naming me. So when Phoebe pushes this woman out of the way, she has a premonition, which I, am I wrong? Or has she not had a premonition she, in a long ass time? She hasn't had one in forever. Phoebe's premonitions are getting rarer and rarer and buckle in. That's going to get worse. Although we're going to find out later, this is a past monition. But she has a premonition of what we will learn is a power broker sticking a power inside of this woman. Do you want to say now what a power broker is? Yeah, let's just pull this band-aid off. So there are demons who steal powers from people and then they trade them around. Presumably mostly other demons. I guess also witches, right? I assume they stole them from witches because we see that warlocks can do that. And, but... While they're, while they're, you know, arranging the deals, they basically, the powers need to be held somewhere in escrow, so they stick them inside random humans, and it's not good, that, like, burns out the human from the inside, but that's, so that's what's happened to this woman. Huh. She's got a power inside her. I was gonna say that's a really weird thing for demons to do, but you said escrow, and that is essentially what escrow is, so. Evil? No, storing. Yeah, exactly. Storing valuables in a third party. Yeah. Until, yeah. Yeah. So we cut away from Phoebe's premonition back to Paige, who's at work. Because Paige has a job. Yeah, Paige <laughs> has a job, Phoebe. But see, for Paige, sisters aren't forever. That is accurate. Also, Phoebe made a little bit of a stink. She's like, I worked really hard to graduate from college. Remember the like three episodes I was in college mm-hmm. for? And I have a degree in psychology, so I can't just get a job flipping burgers, which A, fuck you, Phoebe. Work is work. And if you look down on people who flip burgers so much... Maybe don't shop at places that sell burgers anymore, huh? If you don't think it's necessary labor. Although, I don't think Phoebe really eats at burger places, but... No, probably not. So, Paige is at work, and she's just talking to one of her coworkers, who we've seen a few times, but she's just, like, going off about <laughs> Cole's new job. This coworker must be so annoyed to hear all of or maybe she likes it maybe it's interesting to her to hear all of Paige's new sister drama oh my god i hate my new brother-in-law so much he sucks so much and i'm suspicious because he suddenly remember he worked here for like a day and he threw that guy through a plate glass window and now he's suddenly got a high-powered law job doing a completely different kind of law and also again i'm pretty sure that cole's civilian identity was wanted for murder it is yeah but i guess that just doesn't come up at any of these jobs oh i mean i I guess this job is fake because he's actually the source of all evil so Paige is interrupted by a call from piper who's like you got to get back to the manor and you know what this is why you can't have a job or i guess if you do get a job it has to be the job that we will see phoebe get flexible hours yes and so they're all headed back to the manor where cole is with the seer you know you could talk to her somewhere that's not the place you don't like like, that's not the place the three most powerful witches of all time live. Like, you could have this conversation somewhere else. You could I, be getting coffee right now. I think the seer gets off on the adrenaline of possibly getting caught of it all. Also, you know, I was joking before when I said that the seer foresaw that she wouldn't get caught. Mm-hmm. I think she kind of does, right? She knows if she's going to get caught doing something dangerous. So I think she almost likes to do it so she can assert her power over the source of all evil. Who, don't forget, is... 
from like a base power level perspective, way more powerful than her. Mm. But this is the way that she can kind of assert her standing with him because she can take these massive risks, secure in the knowledge that she's not going to get caught. And again, Cole is kind of the protagonist of this episode. Like, he's clearly the bad guy. He's trying to enact an evil plan, but really we're seeing things from his perspective kind of more than we are the charmed ones. Like, he's the one who has a goal. He has to overcome the villains, the antagonists of the episode, or the charmed ones. So they're the ones who are not consciously, but they're working against. I hadn't thought about the fact that it's structured like that, but you're right. And, you know, spoiler alert, he is successful in the end. I wonder if this has something to do with the way that the general fan reaction, including my own, to Cole is. Because, you know, as consumers of narrative, Mm -hmm. we care less about morality because morality is not real. And we care more about somebody having a goal and trying to achieve it because that's what's interesting in a story. There's a reason Regina is basically the most popular character from Once Upon a Time. So, yeah, this must be why we care about Cole so much. Huh. I mean, it, it was why the last episode was good, too. Cole is the one who has a clear goal. He's trying to accomplish it despite interference from the sisters. Like, And you're right. You're right. Because we were talking before Cole got here about how excited we were to get to the Cole season. Now that he's here, I'm excited that he's here. And I think it's because so much of Charmed when it's not the Cole plot or to a lesser extent, the Chris plot, which I'm also excited about is reactive, right? It's monster. It's monster of the week, right? So the sisters are just reacting to a danger that presents itself at the beginning of the episode. And then we get to the end of the episode and they've vanquished it, but they don't care. They don't have a goal. In fact, we're going to talk at length about how little the sisters care by the end of the show. I was about to say, React is kind of a strong word. Like, there are a lot of episodes where the sisters actively try not to help anyone. I mean, reactive as opposed to proactive. (laughs) Yes. They don't really react to much stuff, is all I'm saying. Yeah, so that from a story perspective, it makes a lot of sense why we like Cole so much and why, to a lesser extent, we'll like Chris. Yeah, and to an even even lesser extent, Billy. Exactly. Ugh. Oh, Billy. (laughs) Billy. That's going to be quite a season to talk about. Anyway, the sisters return home, so Cole quickly glamours the seer so that she looks like a man in a business suit. Okay, I do like that they found a man who, honest to God, looks a lot like the seer. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like. It's it's definitely like the seer's distaff counterpoint. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, um, you know, a man in a suit but still with the Sears earrings, which I appreciate. Because they're just little studs, right? So they're they're. Also, I'm unisex. pretty sure the dude still has eyeliner, too. I think he just has really great lashes, possibly. I'm not sure. But I love how Cole's like, hey, this is my co-worker from my new job, Mr. Oracleson. <laughs> Cyrano de Bergerac. That one really went off the rails. Johnny Future Pants. He, she, the seer, as she's leaving, sees the reflection in the mirror and sees, you know, what she's been glamoured to look like and rolls her eyes. She's like, fucking, fucking source of all evil. I love the actor's facial expression here. He's doing a really good job aping the seer's mannerisms. Yes. 
how tired and bored and disgusted he looks when he looks at his own reflection. Like the ugh. And then he he walks outside and he zoops out again. Seer has such a cool uh, teleport. Yeah, I like her. I like her teleport. So the reason the sisters have returned to the manor is because they've got an innocent they have to protect. So they stick her in the manor like they always do, even though as we've discussed at length, there's no wards around the manor to protect people. We didn't say while the seer was there before the girls got home. The seer did tell Cole that the longer the tonic has to, like percolate, percolate. That's a good word. The stronger it will be, so it doesn't matter that she hasn't eaten the chocolate yet. But she does tell Cole that she needs to call off their sexy romantic night because she has to take care of an innocent. And he's like, no, we can't! Or at least eat this chocolate! Yeah, he's like, if you're going to be fighting demons, you'll need to keep your energy up. Open wide and close your eyes. Just let me shove this piece of chocolate in your mouth. And and Phoebe's like, oh, maybe you really are evil. And then she like... Just eat the damn chocolate, Phoebe. I know it's huge, but the fact that she takes she this, takes like, like a little nibble of it, like she's a fucking squirrel or something. She's like, okay. And then I kind of love this part. Um, Piper's like, oh boy, chocolate, and she just starts shoveling it in her mouth. Okay, no, 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 no. no. Piper's running upstairs to check this the book to see if she can figure out what's going on with their innocent, and just grabs a piece on her way up. And Cole's like, um, um, Piper. And she turns around. She's like, what? And he's like, oh, you know what? I'm the source of all evil and it doesn't matter what happens to Piper. He's like, never mind. Don't worry about it. This might even be funny. Who cares? He actually kind of laughs about it. He's like, okay, this will be fun. I just did Leo a favor. So he walks over to the the, the, the lady who's the got yeah, the innocent who has the power broker power in her and he demon scans her and Paige walks <laughs> in on it <laughs> I like I, I this is another moment where I relate to Cole he's like what happened to you and she's all messed up because of the power inside of her and she's like I just don't know I was just I was walking and then I, do, I don't have any memory he's like oh my god no I'm just gonna I'm just gonna telepathically scan you we're just gonna cut to the chase <laughs> I don't have time to talk to you <laughs> And then, of course, Paige walks in and sees this. And Cole's like, hey, Paige, what are you doing? I was just trying to comfort this lady by holding my hand above her. And also the light was hitting my hand all weird. And and one of the babies looked at me. <laughs> right. And the woman is freaking out, both because having the power inside you makes you kind of paranoid and makes you uh, kind of break with reality. And also because Cole just demon scanned her. And, okay, she's freaking out. Paige is like, um, I literally just saw you do magic on her. And then Phoebe comes out and is being all, like, cuddly with Cole, which is completely inappropriate when there is a woman in the house freaking out. Like, stop hanging on, I was gonna say boyfriend, stop hanging on your husband for, like, three seconds while you're dealing with this woman who is not in a good state right now. So Cole's like, that didn't take you as long as it normally does. And Piper's like, yeah, we got lucky. Look, power brokers, this is what happened. We were helped by off-screen ghosts. They're very helpful, those off-screen ghosts. Then Cole uses magic to make his pager go off so that he says he has to run back to the office. I I like that that's... He's invoking the dark arts to make his pager go off. I mean, it seems like a convenient dark art. So Paige is suspicious as balls, but the lady's like, I'm going to leave because I have, like, a family and a job. And 
Elise is going to kill me if I don't finish my article. Uh-oh. Anyway, they tell her, but her name is Karen, by the way. They tell Karen that they will take care of her job for her. So... Paige is going to babysit her to make sure no demons, I don't know, put more powers in her. Piper's going to make the potion that they need to make to remove the power from her. And Phoebe's going to go down to the newspaper and deal with Elise. And the reason that Paige has suggested this particular assignment of duties is so that she can talk to Piper with Phoebe gone and say, hey, I saw Cole using magic. I saw Goody Proctor <laughs> in the woods with the devil. Although, it, it, What it, were you doing <laughs> at the satanic orgy? I mean, in this case, she's not wrong, so maybe I shouldn't. But the point is, Piper will not hear it. Piper's like, listen, Paige, I've had enough of you meddling in their relationship. I've had enough of your Cole bashing, young lady. Like... And unlike later in the episode where Leo yells at Paige for, I don't know, being suspicious of Cole clearly using magic in front of her, this isn't Cole shapeshifted to look like Piper. Piper's just like, I don't care what you saw, shut up. Cole is fine, we're all team Cole in this house. Yeah. So Paige is talking to Karen while Piper prepares the potion. That's some alliteration. Yeah, she, she's trying to figure out what happened with Cole. She's like, so... That greasy-looking guy who was touching you earlier, like, with his light hand. What was that about? I mean, I wouldn't say greasy-looking. He's still hot. I know he's the source of all evil, but he's still still hot. You can be hot and greasy-looking. Look at Skeet Ulrich. Good poll. Good example. Yeah. 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 So, Cole, shapeshifted as Leo, comes in and... Pulls Paige to the side. He's like, hey, you need to shut the fuck up about Cole. Everyone is tired of hearing you whine about Cole. Cole's the source of all evil or something. And Paige is like, I've never said Cole was the source of all evil. And he's like, hey, hey, what did I say about talking about Cole? Okay, so we mentioned that this this is not Leo. This is Cole shapeshifted to look like Leo. He literally pulled up to the house in the Porsche and just left it out. It's sitting, it's sitting in the driveway. Does he want to get caught? No, he's, no, not, the, he's, is, he's not the source of good planning. This is the coal part that isn't the source, right? Because he's not the source of all evil. Let's remind everyone. He's possessed by the source of all evil. Mm, there's this, still a, a sparkle of coal in there. Right. This is the part of him that's coal, like sabotaging the plans. But nobody, nobody looks out the window, so it doesn't work. Like, he walks out of the house as Leo and then immediately heliports away. Like, that that cast light, like, not white light or light either. Like, I'm sure Paige could see you through the through the, the, the giant windows in the front door. In fairness, in fairness to Cole, one of the things that Paige brings up, she's like, what, so he just uh, he just magically got a law job that comes with a $50,000 company car? And it's like, yes. yeah. You, that, that part I believe. Like, dude, not no, San Francisco has a lot of tech companies that probably need high-priced lawyers for a lot of stuff like this is not an unusual thing again he is i believe still wanted for murder although i think the detective who is investigating him died so i guess <laughs> the police were like yeah good enough i mean that's the that's the real problem <laughs> the police Dude, the fact that his human identity is wanted for murder like that's that's the real thing that we never really get around we just all decided to forget about it mm. so so this year's like, 
what's going on? And he's like, look, we need to solve this whole thing with power brokers because Phoebe's not going to want to sleep with me, you know, if there's an ongoing case. And also Paige found out about me, so we're ha- we'll have to take care of that. And this year's like, so shouldn't we just kill Paige? And he's like, that will definitely make, that will definitely make Phoebe not be horny. That is going to be a real mood killer. So he's like, come on, grief banging's a thing, right? So he decides what he's going to do is he's going to get a power broker to put a power inside of Paige. Having a dead sister will not make her want to have sex, but having an insane sister will keep her super horny. Well, no, I mean, this is a good plan, right? Any evidence that Paige might have, anything that she might have witnessed Cole do, if they put the power inside of her, then they can all just say, well, that was the paranoia from the power that was inside of her. Like, it's, it's a pretty good plan. Oh, so you think part of the plan is to have this whole thing resolved by the end of the night? Yeah, I, I think exactly the way it plays out is exactly what Cole intended. So Phoebe just walks into a newsroom and she's like, I'm here for Karen. I'm a, her helper lady and I'm here to help her finish her article about whatever it is. And this guy's like, can I help you? And she's like, I'm married. Sorry. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like, I'm sorry, who are you? And she's like, I he's he says, and you are? She's like, married. In fact, tonight's my honeymoon. Girl! Girl! You just walked into this office. <laughs> no one knows who you are. But she does find Elise. The head in charge lady of this newspaper. Who you will recognize. Yeah, yeah, she was Aviva's aunt. I'm you... sorry, should I have saved that for premonitions? Should we have saved that? Nah. Whatever. Yeah, so we've seen this actress before. She played Aviva's aunt in the episode with Aviva, which... Which was called... Wait, wasn't that episode called... It was called The Fourth Hallowell. Yeah, it's kind of like a... Yeah, yeah. this is a weird sequel thing, which I, I, I know we talked about this the original time we recorded this episode as a prank uh, for our Once Upon a Time podcast. We did mention... As an April Fool's thing. Yes, as an April Fool's thing. We, we did make a lot of Aviva references because Aviva should have been the fourth sister, which I like Paige a lot, but honestly, I think that would have been cool if they had brought back Aviva. I mean, it would have been. I, I am 100% team Paige, especially during, during this watch through. So Phoebe asks Elise, she's like, okay, so I'm here to do Karen's news story to bring the information to her. And Elise is like, okay, well, I wouldn't call it an advice column a news story. You need to shut up about that advice column, Elise. It's about to save your whole newspaper. She also brings Phoebe into the office and is like, okay, here is a desk covered in letters. Figure it out. Just grab one and write something brilliant. Or, or, or Susan, Carol, Karen. Karen is fired. Now, okay. There's a weird thing that's going to happen later with Ask Phoebe, mm-hmm. where Phoebe is going to act like she's so swamped with work because she has to answer every single letter. And that's just not the way advice columns work. You just, you choose the most interesting letter out of the pile. I mean, I guess you have to read them all, but you don't have to respond to all of them. Just find the most interesting one, answer that. Although I guess that's part of her appeal, right? That she answers all of the letters and that's why she's got such a diehard fan base. I guess, but that's not going to be interesting to read. So many advice letters are, I mean, just look at Reddit, right? A lot, a lot of things on Reddit where, you know, 
which is kind of the equivalent of every letter being asked if you're on one of the subreddits that's about advice. Mm. It's like, there are a lot of repeating problems. So... Well, I think, uh, A, that's probably helpful for her when she can just repeat advice for different people when they have similar problems. The thing, again, she doesn't publish every uh, letter. She just answers them. Okay, she's not getting paid for those hours. Yeah, she's definitely not getting paid for those hours, but I can see that being the kind of gimmick that gets you a really loyal fan base. Like in the other two with Pam, how, you know, the thing is that she meets with every woman who's in the audience of her talk show and that's what makes her super popular. Yeah, I guess. But the whole point of that episode in the other two is how it's unsustainable and it wears Pam down. Yeah, Rachel Ray isn't a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So Phoebe asks Elise if Karen can have an extension because she's got a lot of personal stuff going on. And Elise is like, no, we're a newspaper. Deadlines are, <laughs> deadlines are pretty fucking solid here. Yeah. So Phoebe decides that she's just going to write the article instead of bringing <laughs> instead of bringing the letter to Karen to answer once they finish getting the power out of her. I mean, no, that's fine. That, that, that part, this part is fine. She calls to get help on the letter from Piper, but Piper is too busy getting on screen railed by Leo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are showing a lot. Like, what is this? Season six of Buffy? Like, Piper is naked, leaning over a bar at the bar at P3. It's before it opens, so I guess it's okay that the owner is, like, getting railed over the bar by her husband. Like, I mean, honestly, all the words you said sound fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what they sell bar cleaner for. <laughs> but, like, Wow. <laughs> Uh, by the way, this is the big payoff for the whole Piper accidentally eating the evil spawn-inducing potion. Yes. A scene where she has very public sex with Leo. It's The bar's closed. It's fine. I guess it's private sex in a public place. Ooh, yeah, that is what it is. Phoebe asks Piper's advice with the letter she's going to answer, by the way, and the letter she describes as, and this will be important for our podcast later. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to a 28-year-old woman who is afraid to live alone? And Piper's advice is get over it, you giant mewling child. Phoebe's issue, and I feel like this is legit. She's like, what am I supposed to do? Tell her there aren't such things as demons? Well, I mean, it's, it's an advice column. Like, you don't get paid if you solve her problem. You just have to say something that sounds placating. I mean, I feel like, especially considering what we're going to talk about later, I, I cannot take this advice column slander of yours. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously, if you were a good advice columnist, then you would give, you know, an answer to a problem. But y you just need you just need it to be entertaining. You yeah. can give bad answers. Here's that bad advice you were looking for. Okay, but that's specifically a joke column that takes letters that have already been answered by other people. Yes, but I mean, like, you could do that, not straight, but, you know, just as its own thing. Mm-hmm. So, back at the manor, Paige is keeping an eye on Karen, who is freaking out. She's like, I gotta get out of this place, and starts to run. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get away from this place. And... <laughs> So Paige orbs to, to stop her, to cut her off, and... I said, yep, what a concept. <laughs> that's funny, because that's... 
I could use a little acid splash myself. That's actually not what I was going for. What I was going for. Yeah. Anyway, Paige cuts her off. She's like, what are you? You just teleported in front of me. Cole opens the door. Cole's like, look out behind you, Paige. It's a power broker. A power broker voips in. He shoots a powerball into page okay i'm sorry for like the third or fourth time i feel like oh i'm sorry this might be what you were gonna say no go on for like what i feel like is the third or fourth time the source has specifically asked a demon to do a thing for him so that he can work out his plan with the sisters and then unbeknownst to the demon the plan involves them being blown up by the (laughs) sisters and they're like call you bitch (laughs) yes yeah, this is like the third time this has happened. And I would say... I mean, say, I guess they can't warn the next team. Exactly, exactly. That's not actually what I was going to say. What I was going to say is, wouldn't that not work as well on Paige? Because she's already magical, so wouldn't she be more equipped to handle having a magic power in her? Except, I guess we saw this with Prue and right, Empathy before. Right, when she had the Empathy power. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... Unlike Prue and Empathy, I don't think being able to shoot lightning out of your hands is something that would make Paige totally lose it. Well, they do say that they're going to, like, push it, push the process along faster. So they're, they're going to do, like, they're going to, like, poke the bruise or whatever to make it go faster with Paige. Okay, I just, I feel like she should not have the same things a regular mortal would have to deal with when inhabit, you know, having a power they're not supposed to. That's fair, Yeah. But she does. It's fine. So Paige has a new power in her. The woman has acid hands now because she also shoots Paige with acid hands, which just is such a not great time for Paige. Karen. Karen has has the acid hands because that's the power that's inside of her. Yes, that's the power the demon store inside of her, acid hands. So Paige gets emotion balled and then acid hands did. And Piper runs in and blows up the demon, but well, Karen gets away. Well, I didn't even mention that before all of this happened, Karen tossed her out of her way to try to escape, and she, like, landed on a stool when she fell in the kitchen. Like, like she hit her head on a, on a stool. Like, this is... This has been rough for Paige. This has been very, very rough for Paige, and it's gonna get worse. Poor Paige. But, yes, I Oh, do... speaking of things that are gonna get worse... They call Phoebe to tell her what's going on, and she's like, I can't deal with this stuff right now. I have a deadline. I, I do want to touch on before Okay, that. just, I, come on, that was uh, yeah, That was great. But before that, Piper and Leo come home, having finished their marathon bone session to finish the potion. Uh-huh. Having finished their marathon bone session and then gone home to finish the potion. Those two things were unrelated. Their marathon bone session did not help create the potion. If anything, it hindered it. Yes. But they come home, Cole is fake wrestling with the demon. He's like, I'll stop you from killing Paige. We're just play fighting, dude. It's totally fine. Piper, blow the demon up. And the demon's like, what? Like you said earlier, the the demon's like, what? And then... Yep, yep. Uh... So Cole explains the whole thing with power brokers because former demon. Mm -hmm. Former demon. (laughs) And, uh... He's like, unfortunately, Paige fucked up keeping an eye on the potion while you two were boning, so it looks like you have to make some more potion before everyone goes insane and starts killing people. Also, she's probably after Elise, because when a human is possessed by a power broker, 
power they eventually become homicidal towards the person they hate the most and she clearly hates her boss the most keep that in mind piper and leo that the person becomes fearful and suspicious and eventually murderous of the person they hate the most so piper's gonna go deal with this and piper and piper and leo are gonna go i was gonna say cole suggests that leo go along yeah because he has healing power and also can orb so that now he is alone with Paige. This is like, seriously, Paige cannot catch a break in this fucking episode. Yeah. So Piper, Leo, and Phoebe are all hanging out in Karen's office, which is really, really big considering she's an advice columnist who can apparently get fired at the drop of a hat. Well, I mean, as you noted, ask Phoebe... Oh, spoilers. Ask Phoebe is going to be, like, keeping this newspaper afloat, and that's not inaccurate. The advice columns usually do keep these kinds of papers afloat. So, I don't think it's out of hand that she would have in a whole office. Also, I mean, okay, so this isn't what happens... I don't know why I'm putting more thought into it than the show did, but here we are. This isn't what ends up happening when Phoebe takes the job, but... I'm thinking about, like, Dan Savage, who writes Savage Love for the Stranger, but is also an editor. Like, he... It's quite possible that Karen also does some editing work and stuff like that. Yeah, Phoebe later becomes the third person in line to be in charge of the newspaper. Like, Elise is the editor. Then there's an assistant editor who's a guy she's dating because, for some reason, a running thing with this paper is just people dating this. This paper is an HR nightmare. Yes. But under those two, since those two are busy, Phoebe has to run the whole paper. So there are two people in front of Phoebe after she becomes Ask Phoebe. We never see it, but she must also be working as an editor. I mean, that would make more sense why she's so busy all the time. More sense than her answering every single letter? Mm. Yeah. So Phoebe sends the... Phoebe finishes the column, sends it to the printer, which is good, because Karen bursts in and melts the computer. Having mistaken it for Elise. With her acid hands. She's like, this computer must be Elise. Acid hands. And Piper's like, punch to the face. I just want to say, it's kind of like presented as a good thing that Phoebe already sent it to the printer because it's on the printer. But they almost certainly need it as a digital form. <laughs> yeah, this, they're, they're not just going to stick the paper <laughs> on top of the printing press. <laughs> like, they, they, they definitely would have needed the file, but whatever. They... They just, like, hold Karen down and shove the potion in her throat. And Elise comes in. She's like, what's going on in here? And when when they shove the potion down her throat, we see the power leave her. So she's okay now. So are those acid hands just floating around somewhere in the ether? Or are they gone forever? They're gone forever. No one can have acid hands now. But yeah, Elise comes in and is like, what is happening? And they're like, we told you Karen was really sick. That's why she's here with her doctor. But she came in anyway and wrote her fucking column. Here, it's on the printer. Ignore the giant melted computer in the middle of the room. And then Elise reads the column and she's like, oh, this is actually good. Unlike her usual (laughs) stuff. And Phoebe's like, yay, I'm so glad that you liked Karen's column. And Karen is like... Karen is faster on the uptake than I feel like innocents usually are, and I appreciate that about her. Yeah, she's like, yes, I wrote that, but I've been sick, I guess. But she also kind of instantly understands what happened, and she's like, she like mouths thank you to Phoebe. She like gets it. She knows what's up. Okay, so does Elise not have any questions about Piper and Leo being... 
a doctor and a nurse. Yeah, later in the show, because she becomes apparently friends with Phoebe, as well as her editor. So is she like, she doesn't have any questions about, I guess she probably just doesn't ask about Piper and Leo at all, but. Well, I mean, I assume that since, since Karen is going to say that this has all made her realize that she doesn't care about this job and she hates Elise, so she's going to quit and Phoebe should take the job. I'm going to say that Elise realizes that Karen was kind of in the middle of a nervous breakdown and that these were just friends of hers who were covering for her. Mm. Like, I, I, I think Elise isn't stupid. I'm sure that that's what she understands to have happened, which is not totally far off. Mm. But if you, if you take magic out of the equation, it's not it's not not what happened. Meanwhile, there's an uncomfortably well-acted scene between Cole and Paige. Jesus Christ. Okay, we talk a lot about how Holly Marie Combs is so good and, like, she can make you care about things that you wouldn't care about otherwise, like Leo, because she acts so well. Yeah, she... They, there's a reason one of our running things is, is, is them just going to Holly Marie Combs and being like, we need this scene to land act. But, I mean, Rose McGowan is no slouch either. And Cole is kind of taunting her about how he's a demon now because he's trying to enhance the paranoia that she has with the power. Well, he's talking to her like she's in the middle of a delusional episode because she's like, you're a demon. And he's like, no, I'm not, Paige. What are you talking about? As he's flashing his eyes like fiery at her and like destroying stuff with energy balls. And he's like, Paige, I think you need help. I think the power broker's power is kicking in. You're having delusions. And he's like throwing stuff at her. And And she... And she's just, she's crawling on the floor and she's crying and it is legitimately really, really hard to watch. It's too real. It's too real. She's crying. She's like, why are you doing this? But like, oh, too real. There's a moment where she's like, please stop. And her voice breaks. And it's like, this is legitimately really uncomfortable to watch in a way Charmed normally isn't. Yeah. Like this moment is very sincere in a profoundly uncomfortable way. And... To add to the kind of unsettling nature of it, Cole, like, pauses in his tormenting of Paige to call Phoebe and tell her that she should go meet him at the hotel so they can do their honeymoon boning now that everything has been resolved. And also, hey, she should tell Piper and Leo to just orb straight to Hawaii so that Paige will be left alone in the house. Yeah, and Paige is alone in the attic and she starts flipping out. She's... She's tearing stuff off the walls. She's smashing things. And also the power is manifesting. She's got like lightning hands. Yeah. Like at the end of her little tantrum, uh, little tantrum minimalizes what she's doing. At the end of this emotional break, like she gestures at a dollhouse, which will become weirdly important later I was going to say, that dollhouse should not be being able to be blown up, but whatever. Maybe it's a different dollhouse. Maybe there are multiple dollhouses up there. Yeah, probably. I mean, they're... There were three girls. There were probably multiple dollhouses. I mean, I only have one sister, and I know there are multiple dollhouses in my parents' attic, so I guess I don't know why I'm acting like it's surprising. But Paige gestures at the dollhouse, and lightning comes out of her hands. Or more, I guess, kind of like a sonic boom thing. Although there's kind of fire with it, too. It's a neat, explodey power. But she, And then she starts focusing it and blowing up different things in the attic until she sees a picture of a framed picture of Phoebe and Cole that's just sitting on a box in the attic and she, you know, hits it with her sonic boom and the Cole part of it burns up. I actually think she's walked downstairs by that point because I noticed that picture when they were in the living room. So I think that's in the living room. Then she orbs to the hotel where 
Cole and Phoebe have just finished having sex. I'm yep. guessing. Yeah. Yep. And uh, she tries to murder Cole, who has luckily wrapped himself in a tiny little post-sex towel. Yep. And my, that's quite a lot of beefcake there, Julian McMahon. <laughs> yep. Like, Phoebe's wearing her sexy outfit, whatever. This is like a work outfit for Phoebe. <laughs> but Cole and his little towel, that's... I'm I'm impressed, Charmed. Way to bring the fan service on this one. So they're trying to stop... They're trying to stop Paige from killing Cole. And they call for Leo and Leo and Piper Orb in. And Piper's like, this better be good. Yes, Piper! Well, I like that Piper just wangs Paige over the head with a lamp. And... and and, and Phoebe's like, Piper! And Piper's like, that's what white lighters are for. Like, I know that's a joke that we make a lot in this show, but that is literally what happens. That is literally what Piper says. I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong, but, and I know this is, this is charmed, so being hit over the head is not really that big of a deal, unlike in real life where it's a very, very, very big deal. Uh-huh. But, like, her just... Pulling a Francine Smith and being like, eh, it's fine. We got a white lighter. <laughs> so while the fight was going on, Cole, like, in the background, destroyed the bottle that Phoebe had of potion, made it look like an accident. Also, we saw him before when he was tormenting Paige. He destroyed those bottles. So he tells them that Paige destroyed them in the manor, so there are no bottles there. And everybody's like, hey, you know how earlier she was talking about how Cole is so evil? Clearly, that was the power broker's power. I can't believe we didn't see it. I mean, timing-wise, that doesn't super work out, but I, I mean... No, I... no, that's why he enhanced the speed that it took her over, so that they would think that she got it put in her earlier. Yeah, I just mean the power broker's attack happened after she I mean, was yeah, already... yeah, we totally something. saw that. But whatever. I mean, I can see not realizing that, you know... Or perhaps, perhaps you could argue that she already had it in her, and the power broker was there to pull it out. Mm, or that, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of explanations. It's, it's fine. It's not like a plot hole or anything. Yeah, but the potions have been destroyed, so the only way to save Paige is to go down to the underworld and find a power broker who can pull the power out of her. This seems kind of unnecessary, Cole. You already impregnated Phoebe. Yeah, you're right. It is. No, I mean that's. That's actually the whole point of this. It is unnecessary. The reason that Cole saves her is because of, or is implied to be because of the spark of humanity that's still Cole, the part of him that's not the source of all evil and doesn't actually want to kill people. True. It's weird. We also had this moment last episode, but unlike the last Cole duology, I guess you would call it, <laughs> you know, the one where last season where he was, you know, going undercover and then they just did the same episode twice. This is repeating a lot of beats from last episode, but I don't mind it because last episode was really good, and this episode is also really good. Oh yeah, no, no, I think I think this this duology, as you said, works well together. I don't have a problem with it at all. Yeah, even if it is repeating a lot of the same plot beats. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have a problem with that part of it. I, I know the point is that I'm just being mean to Paige, but I still feel like people are being too mean to Paige. That's my problem with it. I mean, still fine, but. So they go into the underworld and Cole's like, remember, your powers are weaker here. And Piper's like, no, they're not. That's stupid. They find the power brokers and she's like, hey, take powers out of my sister or I'm going to charmed one you to death. And one of the power brokers is like, but you're the charmed ones. Your whole thing is the power of three, right? So 
if one of you dies, then you're weaker and we don't have to worry about you as much. And Piper's like, take that. And she does not successfully blow him up. I like, I, I like that this whole scene is amazing because Piper's like totally posturing. She's like, I'm the charmed one. You don't want to cross me. I am, I am the danger. Right. And Cole, the source of all evil is standing behind her. Like, Psst, take the power out of her, please. And I, then the rest of the demons like fall in line. He flashes his eyes. So they see he's the source of all evil and they like all bow down before him. But Piper thinks it's in front of her. It's great. It's great because he's, he kind of walks more behind the sisters and then he like points at his eyes and does the flame the source flame eye flame thing and then and all of the power brokers see it and they all like get behind the one guy who is like why should we do this and they all fireball him they're like we know what the situation is okay yeah well we'll do it and piper's like oh yeah of course you will the fun thing is later piper would definitely i feel like later piper would be more uh this would be less of a bluff for later Piper. I feel uh, like. Ah, yes, yes. Or if it were a bluff, later Piper would have the bones to back it up. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the scene after Wyatt's born where she blows up the uh, demonic black market. And the crone's like, look, we're going to agree not to attack your baby because you just murdered dozens of people. Like, with your bare hands, like, you just walked into a different dimension and murdered literally everyone, so... So they're all leaving, and they do this thing where Cole is, like, pulling up the rear. Okay, and he... why would you Why would you let your, as far as you know, human powerless husband hang behind you when you're in the underworld? Oh, she doesn't care. But he turns around, and he does this, like, shh gesture where he holds his finger up to his lips, like... I got a plan. Don't blow my cover. And honestly, it's like so sexy. It like awakens things in me. It's really great. And the seer pops up and she's like, and he's like, so, and she's like, yep, she's pregnant. And here's the out for, you know, here's the out for this plot line. The potion has enhanced her already dormant evil tendencies. She doesn't say her already dormant evil tendencies. That's your that's your uh, editorializing. No, she tells Cole that the demon will make Phoebe evil. So any evil shit Phoebe does from now on doesn't count against her character. Well, she does mention the fact that Phoebe has evil leanings, that it will influence her evil leanings and it will... But yeah, but this is this is the out for Phoebe becoming the queen of hell. This is oh Phoebe was also possessed by something, so all of the stuff she does when she's the queen of hell doesn't count. It's fine. You said Phoebe is also possessed, and I know Cole is possessed, but he doesn't get that grace. He's not going to get that grace later. Oh yeah, yeah, they totally blame Cole for all the stuff he did when he was the source. But Phoebe, they're like, oh no, she was under the influence of your evil embryo or whatever. It's like. Do you know how much bigger than an embryo Phoebe is? So, okay, wait. I mean, no. Uh, having having been pregnant, that, like, those few cells take a lot of resources from you. I kind of believe it can make you evil. So everyone's wrapping up at P3. Karen shows up and is like, hey, Phoebe, your art, your your." Advice was brilliant. You told her to get a dog. I would have told her to go to therapy. You're so much more creative than I am. I bet that Elise is going to give you my job. In no way does this actually confirm that she's going to get the job, but Phoebe just assumes that she did because Karen says that she probably will. She does. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess it was the right assumption to make. It's weird that she doesn't just say, Elise wants to hire you to be my replacement. Right? 
But now Elise will probably want to hire her. Spoiler alert, Elise hires her and she becomes Ask Phoebe, the real source of all evil. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, then... Also, Phoebe has, dra- Phoebe has Dracula hair now. She does. She, well, she has a severe widow's peak for she some has, reason. She has bangs that have a widow's peak in them. It's the most evil of two different hairstyles. Okay. So then... Okay. Then she turns to Paige and is like, Hey, Paige, you know how Karen tried to kill Elise because she hates Elise? And you tried to kill Cole? Does that mean you hate Cole? And Paige is like, well, I don't trust him. And then they just, they're like, well, fuck you too, Paige. And they storm out on her. What? So mean. So mean. I just, I just. What a bizarre note to end the episode. I mean, I, I, I get it. It's Cole's plan worked. Phoebe's pregnant, the sisters are more split, Paige is discredited or whatever. Yeah. But I, like I, I do want to clarify, the seer said that she can't see whether Phoebe is pregnant or not. We're just we we know. Oh yeah, we know. Because Cole Cole asked and the seer's like, I I don't know if she is. There are some things that are beyond even my abilities, but if she is, then the demon seed will plant evil, blah blah blah. Right, right. But we know because we've seen the rest of the show. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, this was a really good episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that how mean... I mean, yeah. I just... I hate how mean everyone's being to Paige. It doesn't make it bad because it's still really well done. But, man, stop being so mean to Paige! Like, I get why... I remember why I like season four so much. Honestly, a lot of the earlier stuff in season four was pretty hit or miss. Mm -hmm. And they never get better with Paige. I mean, I guess they get better with Paige by the time billy comes along billy but like they're mean to Paige so much over the course of the show and that almost that's that never really gets better yeah but yeah i i like this episode a lot i i big fan much like the charmed ones we have our own power of three the first power in our pack is premonitions where we look into the past present and future and uh, see who is was or will become famous well, okay, so I think that uh, we got to talk about Karen, who's played by Molly Hagen. Mm-hmm. We mostly have to talk about her because I mentioned her on the Farscape episode we did this week. Yeah. She is the innocent, and she's also, okay, she's been in a lot of things. She's, like, one of those actors who, like... Is in a lot of things. She's a, hey, it's that guy. She's got 152 credits on IMDb. Um, Strong utility player. Yes, the credit that I saw her and was like, ah, yeah, I know her because I've seen this show too many times. Is that in the episode of Friends where Monica takes the Learn Your Next class about cooking? She is the cooking instructor. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I think our audience is most likely to have watched and seen her in is that she's Liv Moore's mother in iZombie. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah, wow. yeah. For the first season before they're like, you know what? The mother and brother plots are boring as hell. We're just going to drop them. Yeah. Yeah. Which, fair. <laughs> no, that's smart. Yeah. Like, you, you don't, these are characters who are not necessary. Nobody is standing these characters. Uh, so that will bring us to, oh, I, I had Elise for mine. Right, of course. Like, Elise, who was in this show previously as 
uh, Aviva's aunt, who was taking care of her until Aviva accidentally set her on fire. I think it's appropriate for Phoebe's premonition power that your power is like that you already saw her on this TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it easy. No, sorry, that's an Alison Preckler joke. I shouldn't use that. But <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's just as it's just as powerful as Phoebe's actual premonitions. Yes. That will bring us to the second power in our pack, time freeze. What specifically dated this episode? Cole having a pager. Cole having a pager. That, yes, that would be the big one. Honestly, I don't think it counts because I, I think it was inaccurate for the time. But Phoebe handing in a hard copy of the article oh, she yeah. wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah. Instead of just emailing it or whatever like well i mean honestly i think that counts even though you're right it's inaccurate for the time because it didn't raise any eyebrows in the writer's room yeah yeah also i guess it probably still exists the, like the piece of writing probably still exists on the server right? actually i was going to say that's probably the time freeze is that it probably didn't exist on a server mm. oh yeah yeah huh yeah it's just that, that didn't come up as a problem yeah and that will take us to the final power in our pack telekinesis what if anything genuinely moved you this is kind of a different thing for me sorry i'm gonna take the lead no please do please do but really Paige's scared acting like when cole is gaslighting her is really really effective Uh, like i know i said it a million times when we were talking about it but it's genuinely hard to watch it is really really top tier acting from rose mcgown okay i'm gonna do a weird thing here all right. And I'm going to take that same moment, but I'm going to actually classify that as astral projection. Ooh, one of our secret powers. Which is the thing that was so cringeworthy that it made me want to leave my body. And again, it's different because usually it's cringeworthy because it's bad. Looking at you, Phoebe's baby voice. I wasn't going to say, but... But here it's because it was so raw and real. I was like, nope, cannot watch. Uh, speaking of secret powers, though, we've had a new power manifest in this episode. Ah, wow, that's unusual. I don't remember the sisters getting any of their powers. What new power is this that you speak of? Why, of course, it is Ask Phoebe. Ah, uh, of course, Phoebe's real destiny, being an advice <laughs> columnist. Fuck you, being a charmed one. Exactly. Okay, so I happen to be involved with a community of, uh, advice column aficionados. Ooh. Yes, okay, online, we're friends, it's great. So I asked them if people would be willing to help us out uh, by answering the Ask Phoebe questions. So I I gave them, because we don't have a full letter this this week, I just gave them what we have, which is, I I said, um, I I said to them basically exactly what Phoebe says to Piper. What advice would you give to a 28-year-old woman who is living at home because she's afraid to live on her own? Mm -hmm. And Tom says... Do you want to live alone but fear it? Which I think is a good question for a first step, right? Like, mm. that is a question to ask yourself. What about trying to find a friend or roommate as, like, a middle step? And remember, um, I don't know that... I, I don't know how much these uh, people watch Charmed. <laughs> so they might not be aware that it takes place in San Francisco, but girl's gonna need a roommate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Logan says... I want more clues as to the source of the fear because it has different solutions depending on what the source is. Fair. <laughs> source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I love this. He says, I'm not sure if this is her situation, but sometimes when you live with parents, they treat you like a child, so you feel like one. So just getting away from that can make you feel much more independent. Mm. 
And okay, I love this. Caitlin comes in and says, is it that you can't live alone or you can't live outside the family? Because I feel like most people don't live alone the first time they leave the family home. Usually roommates are involved. Also, if feasible, get a big dog. Oh. I'm so excited when she said that. All right. Yep. Yep. So ask Phoebe. Vindicated. (laughs) Caitlin can work for the Bay Mirror. Yeah. Yes, so thank you to um, the Ham Kittens is our group. Thank you to the Ham Kittens for uh, for the advice. And I will be hitting you up again the next time we get an Ask Phoebe. So what have we got next week? So our next episode is Saving Private Leo. Boo. Oh, it's a Leo episode. Barf. The ghosts of two men who fought with Leo in World War II seek revenge for old wounds. Are they mad that they got worse jobs in the afterlife? I think that might be it. I still think it's pretty messed up. You have to get a job after you die. Well, yeah. And if you do have to get a job after you die, then that should be the whole focus of the TV show, like Dead Like Me. Yes. A brilliant TV show. I, you know, I say that. I haven't watched it since it aired. I'm not sure it holds up. Oh, I can really, really see it not holding up. Maybe I have to do a rewatch of that. Mm. I just did, I think, the first season... I don't know. It felt like one of those shows where you only need to watch one season. I watched all of it. No, I watched all of it. Even the movie? No, I didn't watch the movie. But I I recently rewatched Wonderfalls, which I had loved. Mm-hmm. And Wonderfalls didn't hold up in a weird way. It's not like I rewatched Wonderfalls and was like, ooh, this is really problematic. Looking at you, popular. You can't get into popular, huh? Like, we can't talk about Ryan Murphy right now. <laughs> we will be here all night. No, it's more that it was, it's more that it didn't age well in that it was obviously a show that was shot 20 years ago and, like, the pacing was weird and, like, the structure of episodes was weird. Mm. Like, it's, it would clearly be a very different kind of show if it was shot today. And it just, I still enjoyed episodes because I have that, like, emotional nostalgia to it. But I think if I tried to show it to someone else, they'd be like, this is boring. You're boring me. Well, a show I was really into, which did not hold up upon rewatch, was Ed. Which Mm. is about a a big city lawyer who goes back to his small town and runs a law practice out of a bowling alley. Mm -hmm. And it it was like a Providence-style slice of life in a small town TV show. So, like, but... They'd ha- occasionally have law plots. I think there'd be like one law plot every episode and all everyone's personal plots would kind of tie into it. Right. And I really enjoyed it while it was airing. And then it never got a DVD release or anything. So it took me forever to finally get to revisit it when someone uploaded a bunch of episodes on YouTube. And it, it aged, A, it aged kind of badly because like there's an early episode where someone finds out one of their grandparents was actually gay and... Oh. The whole thing is just really horribly awkward to watch. And also, like, I'm not a lawyer, unlike certain other people on this podcast. I'm not a practicing lawyer. I'm not barred in any state. Yes, but you went to law school and graduated and practiced law in a professional capacity for some time. That is correct. My, My main exposure to law has been law and order which I'm aware is not a super accurate thing, and I did mock trial in high school. But the law in Ed is so bad, like, because he he has, like, wacky cases where he's defending a woman who fell in love with a mannequin or something. I I don't remember any of the actual cases. You know what show weirdly does that really well? 
but Drop Dead Diva. Yes, Drop Dead Diva. A show that does hold up and should be revisited. It's a great show. And it does the thing where it has wacky law plots, but all of the law plots are unrealistic. Like, this is not realistically what would happen, but they all read, like, hypotheticals in a law school textbook. It's like, okay, this wouldn't happen, but if it did, this is the correct application of the law. Like, it's a whole... TV show where all of the law that's part of it is that one meme with the guy with the business cat. The I guess. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Ed is like all of the courtroom scenes are basically just everyone saying whatever they want whenever they want and like asking whatever question. Like the whole thing feels like I know nothing about the law and this feels wrong to me. So I think this is going to do it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show's partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maricruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at ILoveTVZines on Twitter, or you can email us at ILoveTelevisionZines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. <laughs> <laughs>